Hi, this is Raul Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you chose to join us today. And once again, welcome. Now, what we're doing today on this last Sunday of 2020 is we're going to be finishing our series, which has been entitled Joy to the World. And today's message is going to be directed to those looking for answers. And in the midst of 2020, it's brought up all types of answer uh, questions to which we need answers from God. And the, let me just start by saying a congratulations to all of you. And please congratulate yourselves and let's together praise the Lord for his goodness towards us. We've made it to the end of 2020 and in a few more days can say good riddance. <laughs> but in the midst of it, we know that as our lives have been turned on their heads, it has been God's grace to us all to help us search for the answers to some of life's most important questions. Questions like these, why are we here? And how do we respond to life's challenges? What do we do when we have those challenges and where do we go from here? And so because we've had these questions, we've learned the truth that serious circumstances remind us that the difficulty of finding the truth is no excuse for not looking. And we're going to focus on this statement today that God brings joy to those looking for answers in Christ. God brings joy to those who are actually not just those who have questions, but those who look for their answers in Jesus Christ. So we're going to break this message down into three parts today. We're going to talk first about looking for answers. Then secondly, we're going to talk about finding the God who cares. And then finally, we're going to talk about Jesus at the temple. So before we do anything else, let's pray. God, we thank you that in the midst of 2020, that God, you have been good. You've been our sustainer. You've been so faithful to us all. And before we even dive into your word, we again want to just worship you for all of your goodness, for all of your mercy, and for all of your love demonstrated to us all. We thank you for healing us when we needed healing. We thank you for sustaining us when we needed sustaining. And God, we pray that as we dive into your word today, you might help us to continually come to you always in trust, knowing that you have answers to the questions that are most near and dear, most important to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's start by talking about looking for answers. The truth is, is that we ha all have questions to which only God has the answers. That's true today, and that was true in the time of Jesus walking the earth. And when we've come out of this Christmas season, we hope that you've been able to celebrate, to some extent, the holiday season with your family, and if not family, friends or loved ones that, um, in the midst of the pandemic, helped to alleviate some of this suffering. But in the time of Jesus' advent, uh, as we were talking through this series of Joy to the World, we see that Jesus didn't remain a baby forever, but he grew. He would ultimately start his earthly ministry at 30 years old. But in between the time, um, in between that time, it's an amazing thing to think that God, the creator of heaven and earth, actually chose to condescend and actually put on human flesh to be God incarnate. Jesus was born and was 
was first introduced in that manger, but in between then and his 30th year, actually lived a life that meant was similar to many of us today. The fact is he never sinned. He never disobeyed the commands of God, but he had an adolescence. Jesus, at the time of the writing that we're going to pick up, was actually a tween and had teenage years and, yes, had a walk with the Heavenly Father even during that time. So if you have a Bible today, let's look in Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 41 and talk about the search for answers and how Jesus began to provide it even before his 30th year. It says, now his, meaning Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem. So let this be an encouragement to all parents who ever had a similar situation before. Whether I've had one of those, I will not say, but let's go on. It says, <laughs> searching for him, they found him in Jerusalem. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he, meaning Jesus, said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he, meaning Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so what we see is that we all, no matter if you're the um, uh, surrogate father of Jesus Christ, Mary, the mother of Jesus, or us today, we all have challenges that at some point we're going to face in life. And really, ultimately, finding true joy in every circumstance is only possible when we look for Jesus for the answers. And we are all ultimately here to know God and make God known through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, God is a constant tutor pointing us to this fact, all, um, despite all of life's varied circumstances. And in the midst of this particular instance that Luke recounts, the Israelites were in the midst of a Roman occupancy. They did not particularly affirm their faith. And the people at the temple in Luke's account were those who probably just like us during 2020 in the pandemic were looking for answers. They knew that they were God's chosen people. They knew that they were God's special um, uh, revelation of his goodness to the world through his relationship with them. He, the, the Israelites knew that, in fact, the savior of the entire world, the Messiah, would come through their bloodline. Yet that the time of Luke's writing and Jesus coming, they were under an oppressive Roman occupation. And so I'm sure they would have had some questions. And they were giving, though, the people at the temple, they were giving God the opportunity to speak. 
rather than camping in life's discouragements or popular accusations against God's goodness at the time. And boy, is that something that as we put a period on the end of 2020, that's something that we all need to aspire to. And what we need to realize is that if we've got questions, the truth is, is that God's not afraid of those questions. In fact, he said this very pointedly when 700 years before Jesus showing up on the scene, he spoke through the Israeli prophet Isaiah and said this in Isaiah chapter one, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, what's that about? Well, what we see is that when we come to God with questions, he doesn't always give us the answers that we want. Anybody ever been there before? But God ultimately responds with the answers that we truly need. Answers that will ultimately lead us to life and godliness in him. And the great challenge of our worship is learning to humbly trust and obey God with the answers that he provides. We must come to grips with the fact that God cannot be benevolent and sovereign when we like the outcomes of our circumstances, but be treacherous or lack control in our minds when we don't like those circumstances or those outcomes. That would be like equating our opinions and our preferences to God. But we've got to realize that our opinions and preferences are not God. They're not the same thing. And it's why we have to embrace what a man and pastor named Francis Chan ultimately said, even about his own relationship and dynamic with the Lord. He said, whenever I read the Bible and come across something that I disagree with in the midst of questions that he has, just like us, I have to assume that I'm the one that's wrong. Rather than actually in pride and arrogance, being the one to think that we know everything, we have the best in mind for ourselves in the world, understand our fallacies, understand our our shortcomings, even the evil that's been reticent in our hearts at times, and understand that God's thoughts and ways are higher than our thoughts and ways, and we can trust him when he leads us to his answers. Why? Because God is good and all wise all the time. God is good and all wise all the time, not just some of the time. And that's why Christ's advent is joy for those looking to for answers, because it reminds us of the great length to which God went to demonstrate his love, make himself known, and reconcile us to himself through the cross of Jesus Christ. This is really what the advent or the coming of Jesus was all about. That in the midst of our fallen state, God would send his perfect son who would not only be born and not only go through adolescence and his teen years, but would throughout his 33 plus years live the perfect life that you and I should have lived and work miracles, signs, and wonders, opening blind eyes, deaf ears, and raising people from the dead to give back to their loved ones, showing the compassion of God while he walked the earth. 
but most importantly, he would on the cross substitute himself for us by dying sacrificially to take the wrath of God that you and I deserve because of our wrongdoing against God and against our fellow man. And what he would do is he would die sacrificially so that three days later, three days later, because of his innocence and his sinlessness, he would rise from the dead, offering not only forgiveness of sins, but new life to all who would turn away from their wrongdoing, turn away from what the Bible calls sins and put their trust in him. That's why it was good news to the world. And everything that he speaks out of reflects this. Every answer that Jesus gives talks about that second chance and that new life, that redemption that he provided through his first advent in the world. And Jesus didn't come ultimately to be like everybody else. But I love what uh, apologist Ravi Zacharias, who went on to be with the Lord this past year, said about Jesus when he said this, that Jesus didn't come to win a debate. He came to win his people. Jesus never answered a question, but instead he answered the person. Jesus never sought to win an argument. He sought to win the individual. And can we not all learn from that lesson? Don't we all need to learn from that lesson that God in providing answers for the world ultimately was about reconciliation with the world and said, I'm the creator, Papa knows best, and let me show you what's ultimately right. So God intends our questions just like the law of God. God intends our questions in life to ultimately lead us to Jesus. In Galatians, the apostle Paul talked about the law, which God gave us to show his character, but also his standards for living. And we ultimately, when we're confronted with the law of God and God's perfect expectations on how we're to live, we all know that we all have at points fallen terribly short. But the good news is, is that the law was meant to be a tutor to say, you know what? God knows your frame. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your weaknesses. He knows that you're going to ultimately need a savior. And this law of which you fall short of, it's ultimately to be a tutor to lead you to Jesus. And in the same way, in our challenges and in our suffering, our questions are to do the same. Yet when we focus on the wrong things, we can end up in the ruts of life marked by cynicism, nihilism, and despair. And if we're not careful, even the routines of religion can make us think that we're in step with God when really we've left Jesus behind. Now, Mary and Joseph in the passage we read in Luke had their own moment of this when they, in the midst of the religious celebrations that they were, in which they were participating, lost track of their son Jesus. And we know that we've lost track of Jesus when we find ourselves in the emotional and mental ditches trying to answer life's biggest questions without the Lord. And 2020 has brought plenty of opportunity for that. Think of maybe what it was this past year that was your thing or the one focal point on which you found yourself meditating most, that which became a lens through which you interpret all of the rest of life around you. For you, was it the election 
or was it the economy? Was it racial injustice, calamities in the world, or just the pandemic at large? Well, all of these tensions could have made a person afraid to even leave their home if they were all upon which they meditated. And you can fixate on things like these, important as they may be, or you can fix, like the scripture says, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And as we come to find him, provides the answers that we truly need and how to live life in godliness unto his fame, freedom, and ultimate glory. And we can do this to truly live in every season and at all times, because through his word, you find that there's actually a God who cares. And Jesus is God who reaffirms his care over and over again, reaffirms his care, just like he did for Mary and Joseph. He reaffirms his care for those who seek him in the world. Now, God cares for us both individually and God cares for us as a society, as a, uh, as humanity. And when you seek God personally, you find that Jesus is the all wise teacher and the gentle healer that we all need right about now. 2020 has been like a big boxing match. And though some of us might have been like Ali on the ropes, trying to do our best to do the rope-a-dope, we're tired, we're worn out, and we need a healer after our beatings, after our bruisings. And the good news is, is that Jesus is, as the scripture says, lowly of heart and so approachable. And though that's his nature, we need to beware of responding when we have questions or we're in the midst of pain because of life circumstances. We need to beware of responding simply emotionally when we're looking for answers. If we're always just resigning to whatever our heart feels or whatever we're feeling in the moment, right? As people are always talking about the fact that people, you need to make decisions by following your heart. But often following our heart doesn't lead to the best things. It leads to many times damaging things because as the Israeli prophet Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And if we're honest with ourselves, that's what's been brought to the surface throughout the pandemic, through all that we've been trying to juggle and the strains that we've experienced. And so our hearts are not the best source of the answers to life's biggest questions. And if we're only responding emotionally to the questions that we have, then we can miss what God's trying to do. And Mary was understandably emotional when she couldn't find Jesus. And so are we when we don't sense God or really understand what he's doing in our lives. However, Mary would have missed what God was doing if she didn't give Jesus opportunity to speak. And is that not the challenge of every parent whenever you're confronting your child about something that you're like, you are in a huff and you're ready to lay into them? and giving them an opportunity to speak or respond in the midst of that confrontation is the challenge. But Mary, I guess, overcame that challenge when she gave Jesus an opportunity to explain what it was that he was doing. And Jesus explained exactly why he was at the temple. 
revealing more about his nature and his unique relationship with the father when Mary asked her questions. And think of how many of you, in the midst of the challenges of 2020, would not have, but for the upending of our lives, found yourself in a church or in worship moments just like these. And think also about how powerfully God has worked to save many of your lives and really transform not only your family, but your whole trajectory in life because of the difficulty that pressed you into seeking answers from God. See, that's a part of God's goodness. But it's a demonstration of how God may care for you individually. But at large, does God care for our world? That's a big question that people have. And I like what Rice Brooks, pastor and author Rice Brooks said in his book, The Human Right, when he said cynics point to the humanitarian problems around the world and then tell us there is no God. There is no God, rather, who cares. To answer the cynics who say that pain points to a God who doesn't care, consider the World Health Organization says that we could feed the entire world with food and clean water for $30 billion per year. Yet we spend $1 trillion on military worldwide. The cynics can't honestly answer the question about human depravity. They fail because they point their rage at God rather than fellow humans who could solve hunger with 3% of military budgets. Imagine that. But when we meet Jesus, we find that Jesus is not depraved. Jesus is not unknowing of our conditions, but Jesus is the only one who provides in the moment comprehensive and eternal solutions to life's challenges. He not only has the resources for it, but he provides for them out of his goodness. And Mary and Joseph thought that Jesus went missing when they couldn't find him amongst their relatives, but ultimately found that they were really the ones who were in need, not Jesus, but they were the ones who were lacking. But the good news is that we can make our way, just like Mary and Joseph, back to Jesus and find that he cares not only for us individually, but for our whole world. Where, well, the question is then, where do you find Jesus when you feel like he's been lost? Not lost in terms of he doesn't know where he's going, but lost in your lives or you can't sense his presence or his involvement in your life. Well, the answer is, is you go back to the place of worship where God's word is being taught. Why? Because you will always find Jesus there. Just as he was at the temple saying, did I not have to be in my father's house? So he is today. He's in the place where God's word is being taught. And the Bible not only describes the problem with the world regarding sin, but also intricately describes its solution in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so even in his youth, Jesus at the temple was showing those who thought themselves at the time older and maybe wiser than him how much they still had to learn. And it doesn't matter what accomplishments you've had. It doesn't matter what you've experienced in this life yet. 
God says there's much for you to learn in him as you bring your questions to him and submit yourself to his life-altering, life-giving, and life-changing answers. Why? Because we find our answers and joy at the place of worship. Again, remember when Mary and Joseph finally found Jesus, Jesus exclaimed, did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? What that means is that God in his goodness, he meets us right where we are every day, even in this virtual space, right? That's the good news that God, by his presence, by his spirit, he sends forth his word, even in your home and can meet you, touch you, heal you and change you even today by the power of his word and Holy Spirit. But God, though he comes to meet us right where we are, ultimately, he also calls us to be where he is. And that's the nature of who he is in his lordship, right? That ultimately, the call to love and follow, to worship God, is a call to follow Jesus where he is. To say, leave your own way of life and what you think is best, And that's ultimately led to death and has been destructive and follow him in trust and obedience into the answers that he gives for life, the way that he ultimately designed you to live and thrive in him. And those sitting at the temple with Jesus were committed to worship gatherings where the heart and thoughts of God were revealed through God's word. And as you make your New Year's resolutions going into 2020, may this moment not be a singular moment, but may this, a meeting with Jesus, be at the top of your priority list where you can open the word of God with other believers and find God's answers to that which you're actually looking for. In the same way, it's because God continually brings encouragement and joy to us today as he reveals Jesus not only as a good teacher, but the great God and Savior for whom all of mankind is really looking. Every time we open the word of God, we're once again reminded and confronted with this truth. And it's why Rice Brooks again said in his book, Man, Myth, and um, Messiah, it's impossible to read the Gospels or Paul and come away with the impression that Jesus of Nazareth thought of himself as a mere man. Jesus said much about himself that would have been outlandish if he were just a man. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. In Mark 13, 31, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. In Matthew 18, 20, he said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, the prophets who spoke for God prefaced their statements with the phrase, thus says the Lord. But when Jesus spoke, he didn't say, thus says the Lord, but instead he made comments such as, truly I say to you. He spoke in such terms because the Lord was speaking. God himself was speaking. Jesus demonstrated he is the Messiah. And in response to their search, Jesus was pleased to return home with Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents. And so he is Please to make a dwelling in your life, 
your family, your business, and your home as you repent of the sins that put him on the cross and put your faith in the good news of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection that will ultimately lead to him not only providing answers, but the leadership that you need in your life to provide the joy and the grace that you're looking for. So where do we go from here? Well, Mary treasured up this account that Luke gave in her heart and the multiple instances where Jesus was speaking and doing extraordinary things. She treasured the encounter up in her heart and she pondered them over and over again. What were those implications of those answers, those events to her life, to the world at large, and how she needed to interact with both God and humanity around her? And as Jesus grew, it says that the scripture said he would increase in wisdom and in um, stature and in favor with God and man. And so from the age of 12 to his 30th year, when he would begin his miracle ministry, Christ's impact on the world would grow as well. So what does that mean for us? Well, we are to, in the same way as Mary, Joseph, and the people in the temple, we are to bring our questions to God. And then humbly ponder, humbly ponder the answers in his word to allow there to be a direct application in the way that we live our lives. That is the nature of not only coming to God with questions, but submitting to his answers under his lordship. And community groups are a great place to flesh this out as you dive into the word of God along with other people who would have been at the temple with Jesus. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to, like Christ, transform us by that word, also like Christ, we too can grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man to actually provide God's gospel truth and his care to the world, to actually be the answers that the world is looking for as we point to God the creator through his son Jesus to be the one. This is what it means to go and make disciples of the nations. And why Rice Brooks said again in his book, The Human Right, said that the Bible has built an entire civilization that has changed the world. And we must see that the greatest steps towards justice have been taken by those following the cross. Vishal Mangalawadi says, I call the Bible the soul of Western civilization because it propelled the development of everything good in the West. Its notion of human dignity, human rights, human equality, justice, optimism, rationality, family, education, universities, technology, science, culture of compassion, great literature, heroism, economic progress, and political freedom. These are the things about which people are asking questions. How do we achieve these things? And ultimately, when we do, how do we obtain the great joy that we were longing for? Well, God says the answers are all found in his son, Jesus Christ, and the answers that he provides through the life and the tutelage that we submit ourselves to when we come to him as Lord. So when we return to finding the beginning and end of all of our questions in Jesus, 
we will once again find the joy for which the world is actually longing. So my appeal to you today is repent of any known sin that you have in your life today and come back to God who wants to bring not only his salvation, but as a result, his joy to your life that we've so desperately needed in our world in 2020. And we will forevermore need and find only in Jesus the Christ. So I want to end by giving you an opportunity today. And if you say to yourself, you know what? I've had plenty of questions and plenty of questions that have gone without answers. And I know that at the end of the day, my life has been made a mess, not because of everyone else's wrongdoing, but because of my own sin and the poor choices that I've made as I've tried to answer life's most important questions about who I am, how I'm to live and who I'm to be without God. But I realize today that that's our, that's wrong. And I want to return to Jesus, the Savior, with all my heart. And if that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me? Almighty God, I realize today that not only are you the creator, but you are the source of the answers of all of life's most important questions. But I admit to you today that I've been a sinner and I've lived in rebellion to you, not submitting myself to you. I've lived breaking your commands hurting not only myself but others, and deserve death and hell because of it. But I don't want it today, and I thank you that you sent Jesus, your son, to live the perfect life that I should have lived, and on the cross died the sacrificial death that I should have died. And because of this, enabled him to three days later be raised from the dead so that I could have not only forgiveness of sins, but new life in you. God, would you make me a new creation today? and enable me to live in the wisdom of your word, the wisdom of your ways, and the joy of your Holy Spirit as I today proclaim Jesus my Lord. Father, thank you and help me love you from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the good news is, is if you prayed that prayer, God said he's made you a new creation. So would you go with me to our website, secondcitychurch.com slash new life. There you can find not only resources, but next steps of how to, like the people of the te- at the temple, walk out this new life with those who are looking to Almighty God for the answers that bring great joy in their lives. And for the rest of us, can we go back into worship now, honoring the one who not only has provided for us, but has loved us, has cherished us, and has really been so faithful to us throughout the entirety of 2020. Let's rejoice and go into 2021 together with the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we want to encourage you to continue to go deeper in the Word of God with our community groups that meet both virtually and in person throughout the week. If you haven't found one yet, please do visit our website where you can find various options for yourself. Next week, why don't you bring a friend who also needs to hear this good news of Jesus and know that throughout this week, we'll be praying for you. But until then, God bless you. We love you and have a wonderful week in the Lord. See you next week.